Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Report Podcast, episode 158. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today, talking about video games. Uh, last week, we left off on a fairly hopeful note of just like, oh, man, I don't know what game to play next. And then I remembered, oh, wait, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta play through the rest of The Wizard of Oz on emulator, so you record all that gameplay. So that, uh, <laughs> that definitely uh, kind of reminded me that I need to be more conservative with my plans. I was like, oh, we're gonna play something, um, you know, new here in a minute. So... So that's not happening <laughs> until until I get further on that. I'm still pretty far behind on projects. I, I've just been kind of busy lately uh, between uh, friend stuff and also work stuff. Work's been picking up pretty pretty uh, frequently and things like that. So all that good stuff. Um, just as a heads up here, I'm recording using a new setup here. Uh, basically, I used to have a arm mic arm that came down to my desk and. Uh, it was cool. It worked out fine. It kind of kept the mic out of my way. Um, but at the same time, it also made it hard to make it work during like streams or something like that, because, because of how it came down, it would get in like the view of the camera and uh, you know, maybe that's not really a big issue. Um, but I, I never really found a great way to set it up in a way that it wasn't in either my way or, or, you know, the viewer's way or something like that. Um, so I'm trying to think a little different here with just using the, the desktop stand that the mic came with. So definitely a lot cheaper. Uh, I'm guessing if I smack the desk, it's going to be a little bit more noisy. <laughs> so, so just so you know, so if the audio is a little weird this episode, that's, that's, that's why I'm going to try to test this out and, and see if doing something more like this might be better. And then, you know, if there's any issues, I'm able to look into other possible solutions, but then at least with that, I'll be able to get way away from using the headset microphone during streams. Uh, the podcast audio probably won't change that much. Um, it's probably going to basically be what it is. I don't have the, um, frontal pop guard on it right now. I just have like the rounded one that goes over the top. Don't really know if the frontal one is, is required or not. I can probably find some way to make it fit on here. So if it is a real, a real need, I can do that. But for this episode, I'm just using the, the typical like styrofoam thing that goes around the actual mic. So, so yeah, good times. Um, so in what video game stuff I can talk about, uh, one thing is I went ahead and joined the Love and Berry Discord group. Um, so if you don't know, Love and Berry is this Sega arcade uh, game from, I think, the mid-2000s about. Um, if you were following Japanese Nintendo DS games um, at the time when, when those were coming out, uh, you would know there's a, there's a DS version of Love and Berry. You can basically buy fashion cards with co- uh, clothing, hairstyles, things like that. And you could scan them into the game and then play it that way. So this was actually mainly an arcade game that was just, you know, ported down to the DS. Um, and so it's a, it's a very small Discord group uh, right now. And I've never played Love and Berry, so I don't really have anything I can contribute. But uh, I have been just kind of like, you know, poking my face in there, being nosy, just kind of looking at it and seeing it. And uh, it's 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 interesting to see, like the the type of research they're doing in that group um so it's just like oh like here's some unused assets from these versions of the game and and things like that and then there's like a bunch of different language versions of the game like this chinese uh korean japanese and english i know at the very least and they have like their own voice actors and things like that um for all the songs so so there's actually like different versions of the songs ikatsu kind of had a similar thing where there's like an indonesian release of ikatsu and so you can listen to the ikatsu uh indonesia songs if you want so that's been kind of fun I, I do feel a little out of place in there i'm pretty sure i'm the only guy in there uh also i'm pretty sure i'm like 10 years older than everybody else so i feel like a bit of an old man uh but i'm just kind of you know poking my head in there you know contributing where i can 
Uh, I would really like to play Love and Berry someday, but I think uh, first and foremost, I'd probably play one of the 3DS Aikatsu games that I have. I've, I picked up two or three while I was in Japan. Haven't put any time into them, really. Uh, speaking of which, I did go ahead and put some time into we- uh, into a game this week and that I picked up in Japan. That is, uh, I'm going to try to pronounce this, Tricolore Crease. That's probably wrong. It's a Dreamcast, unsurprisingly, Hunex RPG. <laughs> um, and I was just trying to test out, um, you know, new stream setup stuff. Um, and I and I wanted to, while I was doing that, just kind of record a game while I did it. I was thinking about actually doing a stream. But because I was doing such, like, major changes to the setup, I didn't want to stream and, you know, it'd be, like, 45 minutes of me just fumbling around. Um, so I went ahead and did, a, like, an offline recording of me playing some of this game. And it was pretty neat. Uh, well, I don't want to say neat. It's a very charming looking game. You know, it has a nice art style. Um, it is very, uh, I'd say, l- low budget 3D models for Dreamcast. It's somewhat, It's one of those things where it's like, it's hard to tell what, ge- what when a game is low budget in terms of like their visuals or if it's just like the people who are working on it did not really know what they're doing with 3D, mo- 3D modeling. Even early PS2, you have games like Shadow Destiny where like, the, they're, they're really using the system to their advantage, uh, but they just didn't really have great techniques for like modeling characters. Um, so, so everyone looks a little off. Star Ocean 3 also stands out to me as one of those types of games. Um, so this game definitely looks um, maybe not super desirable on like the 3D model side, but the actual individual art pieces are really good. I like that the character portraits are like very much like um, the, the um, bust like painting kind of look to it. Uh, and, and so it's got a, a nice look overall uh one fun thing was that the website um they have a website built on the disc where you could basically open up a browser and it's it's really just a series of links to a few other websites that that those connections you have to actually go to the internet for um and i assume they're all broken i haven't actually tried to load them in the Wayback machine to see what they look like but uh but yeah it was like a cool little thing you'd poke around there's like an irc channel you could connect to things like that i'll get again none of it's probably there anymore for you to connect to it um but there's some stuff that was local to the disc that was kind of neat to poke around with uh but the game itself is pretty you know standard top-down rpg there seems to be some kind of you know uh schedule system in the game with the three main characters which being you know being from hunex and hunex being a pcfx developer is not not super surprising <laughs> um uh, but i had a good time with it it was it was it was cute i made a, a series of posts on twitter about it if you just want to take a look at the game um the other thing i played this weekend was i just played some more disaster day of crisis in my free time on the japanese version nothing really up to update you guys on there um there well there's one um one particular change i noticed in in one of the game's level designs a very very minor thing um i kind of just need to go back and look at the european version and see see what was different or what was not there's some things in that game that felt a little more challenging in the japanese version i could be wrong um, um, but it did, it did feel like I, I, there were some changes that I, that I wasn't a hundred percent certain of whether they were actually changes or not. There's one I'm almost certain though. Um, and, and just, you know, continued, the continued thing with that game is just like, you get to kind of hear characters, even with like, who have the same script, uh, give a new delivery of lines. So you can hear like the, what the previous delivery sounds like. And you can kind of, you can kind of tell why they re-recorded it. Like sometimes a character is supposed to be like a crazed, uh, gunman or something like that and and in the the european uh, voice acting i think they do a lot more a lot of better job portraying that um where in the 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 japanese version it's it's a bit more subtle uh and how those characters are 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 displaying their emotions through through their voice and things like that so still enjoying that still having a good time um you know if you don't know 
It's been streaming Disaster of Crisis every Thursday this week at 7 o'clock Pacific time. Still doing that. Um, I think it's going to be good for another stream or two. Um, we might have to have to have a, a fourth final stream that's a bit short. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out what the next stream game is going to be. I think the, the next long-term game is going to be an RPG. Um, I'm looking at maybe doing um, Quest 64 or... Or Chaos Rings. The only thing with Chaos Rings is I have that on uh, a Vita TV, and and the Vita memory cards are not particularly great uh, in terms of being reliable. Um, so I need to make sure that it is something that I can actually load up without too much trouble, and hopefully reliably load up. Uh, but but we'll see, and we might we might play something else in between there as well. Um, but I'll give you guys updates as that happens, or I'll just go by the seat of my pants, and then you'll show up on Thursday, and I'll be like I. Here's a video game, but I don't know what we're playing. <laughs> Night's Journey into Dreams. I don't know. Um, um, so yeah, the stream stuff. Good, good old time. Uh, and the only other like real personal update I have is uh, I went ahead and imported uh, the second volume of Scum of the Brave. So Scum of the Brave had their second volume come out. If you don't know, Scum of the Brave is a. Um, it was originally a RPG maker kind of visual novel thing. I wrote an article about it. A good four or five years ago at this point, I think. Uh, really enjoyed it. Really, really, like, I like the art a lot. And it's a very uh, expressive game in its, in its graphics. Because it's using, like, RPG Maker, you have, like, these little character sprites that are walking around doing stuff. But then you also have, you know, character portraits that usually are being built for, like, a particular situation rather than just, like, having a generic one applied across the board, typically. Um, so it gives a lot more personality to the characters and seeing them animate and then also getting, like, these these higher detail shots of the characters. Um, and, and it's just, like, a really fun game to kind of, like, sit through and watch. All in Japanese, though. So if you want to actually play the game in English, there's not an option for that. Uh, but the, the they also are um, adapting it into a manga, or I guess you could say continuing it through a manga. I don't think they're going to do any more of the RPG maker stuff anymore as far as i can tell um and and volume one was released in english uh but unfortunately has well it was released digitally in english uh but unfortunately has not been very popular uh from what the author tells me and so they haven't really had the ability the chance to justify translating volume two in english but uh they have been doing um uh print runs on Amazon for the uh, for the Japanese volumes. So I, I went ahead and ordered the original Japanese one. I think it's been about a year or so at this point. Uh, and then I went ahead and ordered the volume two recently. Uh, <laughs> the art artist noted that I seem to have gotten my copy faster than most people in Japan, weirdly enough. <laughs> so it's kind of a, a weird thing because, you know, you would think it would take longer. But Amazon seems to be really good about shipping over to the, to the U.S. I don't know. Maybe they're printing in the U.S. than shipping to Japan. I don't know. But yeah, I was uh, I was happy to get that and and have a good time. I kind of want to do a scum of the brave video, um, but the, but the challenge I run into with that is, um, uh, you know, I have met the the artist and I have talked to the artist on Twitter before, and and it does make me like worried about, well, is that like a conflict of interest kind of thing to do that? And I I definitely would like to see scum of the brave um, succeed personally just because I like it, but. But it's definitely one of those things where, like, I don't know if, if it's the right thing to do that. I think if I ever do a video that kind of talks about my techniques in terms of techniques, these these hot techniques about playing Japanese games, uh, if I ever talk about, like, my techniques of, like, how I, I get through Japanese games and kind of what I look for when I, when I buy Japanese games that are kind of text-heavy um, to try to make sure I can, like, get through them. 
Um, I think it will it will be a topic of conversation in there at the very least. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know if I'll do that video. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, these are the things that I do to make sure I can try to get a, or beat a game if I buy them. Um, but I don't really know if it's honestly that much valuable information. <laughs> so who, who can say? Anyways, so that's kind of it for me. Um, but, but we do have the PlayStation 5 event that's going on. Really just kind of like the, the general mishmash of announcements in, ge in general happening right now. I haven't really been paying too much attention to the schedule. I know there's like the PC gamers gaming show happened, I think, uh, Saturday or something like that. And the only reason I even knew that is because everybody was freaking out about Persona 4 being on PC, which I probably won't get that. If I ever play Persona 4, it'll probably be on Vita. Um, if I ever play Persona 4. I, I, it's one of those games where it's like, I feel like I should play Persona 4. I used to compare Persona 4 to like the Final Fantasy 7 of the, the modern JRPG, mainly because it was like a lot of people in the mainstream, you know, audiences first introduction to like, life management and dating mechanics and stuff like that in and in an rpg i mean obviously games have been doing this for a long time it's just not a lot of it was getting localized and what did get localized wasn't really taking off i think even persona 3 has these mechanics in there but i i really feel like persona 3 kind of didn't really make have the same penetration that persona 4 did to the like western mainstream market uh but so that event happened but um what did stand out to me was one, there was the uh, 13 remake, so not Final Fantasy 13, 13 the shooter remake. Uh, this is like an old cel-shaded shooter from like, I think 2003, 2004 that Ubisoft put out. I played it out at the time. I got it on GameCube and, uh, you know, I, I, I generally enjoyed it. It was a pretty fun game. It has a nice aesthetic and I think the aesthetics, um, what they've done to update the aesthetics actually aged pretty well. Um, I don't think it's just like a straight HD up-res. I think they are doing work to the game. Um, it is a cel-shaded game, so, you know, there's a lot more games that kind of fit in that style, but it's nice to see that the game is still pretty aesthetically pretty pleasing even today the voice acting in the trailer maybe not so great it uh i don't know if it's the original voice acting or not but the the main character has basically zero emotion to his voice which maybe is the intention but it does not sound great to me uh but that's coming in november this year i probably won't play it but i think it's really cool that ubisoft's putting it back out again it's just a fun thing what a weird game to put out again but i'm, I'm hopeful that it's successful um there's also uh, Atlas that announced that they're doing the 13 Sentinels uh, localization here in uh, in September, um, which has been kind of, I think, up in the air for a while because that game in general was just getting going through some major development delays. And then I think it finally came out late last year in Japan. Um, and, and the localization, the localization for the game was announced, like, I think 2017, and it just kind of went dark because the game itself went dark for so long. So, so it's good to see that's finally coming over. I don't think there's been any word on if Princess Crown is getting localized. If you don't know, the, uh, 13 Sentinels in Japan included, uh, Princess Crown in the game. I don't know if it's a separate download or if it was actually included in the game itself, but the Princess Crown is like a old Sega Saturn game by Vanilla, uh, where that, um, that never got localized, unfortunately. There was a PSP remake that came out, and it sounds like the, the version in 13 Sentinels likely is based off the PSP version, or I guess a PSP port, you could say. Um, so I, I don't think there's been any word on whether that, that Princess Crown thing is going to actually get localized or if they're going to just leave it in unlocalized or just cut it out entirely. So so who can say? I, I kind of had this feeling the other day that I feel kind of guilty about this. And I think 13 Sentinels kind of falls into the space that's like, I have kind of an irrational dislike of this game. I don't really have a reason to dislike it. <laughs> um, I think I might just generally be cautious when it comes to VanillaWare games these days. I, I was not a big fan of Odin Sphere. 
And then I played Dragon's Crown, and I was equally not a big fan of Dragon's Crown either. Um, and it, was, it took me a very long time to kind of figure out what I disliked about Dragon's Crown. And I think a lot of it comes down to um, the type of game it is kind of being like a, a um, grindy action RPG kind of thing where you're, you know, replaying the same levels over and over and over again. All that that good stuff. Um, good stuff, I guess, as I cr- criticize it. Um um, but I never just, I, it never really jived with me. And I think this might be a greater problem I have with beat-em-ups in general. Uh, but, but I, yeah, Dragon's Crown, I just, I played it for a good chunk of time and just never liked it. I think I beat it twice, maybe. So, I don't know. I, I still kind of feel like if I ever sat down and played it again, I'd like to figure out, you know, what I dislike about that game or, or, or sometimes, sometimes when you do that, I, or sometimes when I do that, I come out on the other side with a greater appreciation of the game and then I enjoy it. So, so maybe I still have a, a, there's a future where I could like Dragon Crown. Um, but, but that is not today. And yeah, just like seeing the game aesthetically, it's just like, ah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's about right. I think I would enjoy it if I actually played it. Uh, I think, I think I don't have a real reason to dislike it. I think I just have a, a, a initial gut reaction. I'm like, yeah, it's one of their games. I'm good. And because, you know, reality is, it's actually a very different game than the other games. Like it's like a um, turn-based strategy game almost. I don't even know if that's the right word for it, to be honest. Um, we haven't looked up some gameplay. I don't know how else to describe it. Of like this weird holographic map where you can basically command units to shoot at each other. And and there's like a kind of an interesting aesthetic to it that that is, uh, I don't know, quite different from Vanillaware in terms of, you know, it's like a, a big 3D map that's like wireframe rather than all this like hand-drawn art. I mean, the game still has hand-drawn art, all the cutscenes and stuff in between the, the missions and things still has that, but... Yeah, I uh, I don't think my dislike for that game is uh, justified. So I don't know. We'll see. I don't think I'll ever play it, but maybe someday I'll play it and maybe I'll love it and be like, oh yeah, this is the greatest game ever. Uh, the other games after this I are really all from the PlayStation Five event, and uh, I will say that I'm not like a huge Sony fan. Uh, so so a lot of these things didn't super jump out at me. Uh, but there are some things I did find interesting. I think like a lot of people, I found the Ratchet and Clank gameplay to be cool because it definitely seemed like that was making use of the uh, SSD portion of, uh, of the PlayStation 5. You know, if you didn't see, I think it was like uh, six months to a year ago, there's like a Spider-Man uh, tech demo they put out that showed like how quickly they can load environments in and things like that. So it, with Ratchet and Clank uh, ripped apart, if you didn't see, basically they have like a bunch of like uh, dimensional portals that open up. And, uh, and you basically can jump through levels of those dimensional portals. It all seemed very scripted in that video. So that's my biggest concern. Um, because anything that was like jumping between a bunch of levels really quickly, cause I think they jump between like four or five levels in like less than a minute. Um, uh, that stuff was impressive, but all on rails. Um, meanwhile, the actual gameplay part where you're like teleporting yourself around the level, you're usually like teleporting like 10 feet. And, and I think that's not super impressive to be honest. I just see people say that the graphically it was nice looking. I thought it looked fine. Um, I'm not a big, like I'd, I've never played a Ratchet and Clank game before outside of one of the like tower defense games on the PS3. So not quite the, uh, <laughs> the typical Ratchet and Clank experience. Um, but I thought it looked uh, it looked looked all right. I don't think I'll ever play it, but I'm glad to see that they're they're leaning into the PlayStation Five strengths and and making a game that that shows that hey we can we can uh, use this hardware in a an effective way that we we wouldn't be able to easily do on a, on another platform um, like that. There's also Project Athea. Um, this. This is Square Enix's game. It was being developed by the old Final Fantasy 15 team. 
Um, there wasn't really a lot in this trailer to really show anything, uh, but it, it didn't super stand out to me. So I didn't, I didn't know too much about it other than I think I was just kind of impressed by how, I don't know if impressed is the right word. Uh, it was kind of bland looking. So, so I kind of was like, huh, yeah, that's a video game. Uh, but I didn't think the reality is just, just need, just need to see more of it. It's like almost like a third person, uh, action game in some ways, which, you know, eh. I'll be interested to see how it turns out, um, but I'm always a big fan of new IP, so if they're going to do something that's not Final Fantasy, then I'm happy to see them do that. Um, Kina actually really liked the look of, this is like a, a third-person uh, action, almost platformer-looking game with maybe some like Pikmin-style elements because you can like basically have these little black furball creatures kind of follow you around. Uh, I don't know if you're able to like assign tasks to them or anything like that, but it's a nice looking game. It's got a nice aesthetic to it. And, uh, it reminds me a lot of, and I think a lot of people have said this, that it reminds me a lot of like PS2 kind of action platformers kind of stuff that were coming out at that time. So, so it's, it seemed pretty cool. and It's got a, a nice look to it. I think Ghostwire Tokyo, I feel very similar where it's like, it's just got a nice look to it as well. This is the, uh, Shinji Mikame game. I know it just transitioned pretty hard into this game, but, um, but yeah, this one was announced at E3 last year. I don't think they showed any gameplay back then, but now it's like a, it's like a first person. Um, I, I'm not sure the best way to put it like, um, magic casting melee action game almost in some ways. Um, I guess you could say like a first person melee action game with some spell casting and stuff. I don't know if that's an accurate description or not, but, but I actually, uh, I liked how it looked a lot. Um, I don't know if I'll ever get around to playing it. I never played, I never ended up playing the evil within ever. Um, I think most of these PlayStation five games are, are like, these are, they're, these are interesting things to see initially, but, uh, none of them really jump out at me. So I think a lot of them are just gonna be like, ah, maybe, maybe I'll play this someday. I don't know. (laughs) Don't, Don't know if that's something I want to do or not. Um, little, little devil inside also just kind of looks nice. Uh, I don't really know if I have a lot to say about that other than I need more gameplay. I couldn't really, there's like, there's like some scenes in the trailer that kind of looked like they're trying to represent gameplay, but there was never like a HUD on screen or, or there's never like a, a free roaming camera or anything like that, or, or animations that looked like, you know, kind of run of the mill, like in-game action animations. They, they kind of looked a little too, little too polished up, a little too scripted. So I'll be curious to see how that turns out and uh, what kind of game it ends up being because I, I feel like the trailer didn't really describe too, too much about the game. Um, definitely want to see the gameplay for that. And there's also the Demon Souls remake. I think the most notable thing for that is um, I, I haven't really played a Demon Souls or Dark Souls. I played Dark Souls for about five to ten hours and kind of bounced off it pretty hard. Uh, and I, I don't, I haven't really had a desire to go back to it. <laughs> I ended up playing, uh, Draconis instead on the Dreamcast at the time. And I was like, yeah, Draconis, this is an awesome game, <laughs> which is like, it really doesn't have that much similar to Dark Souls. There are, there are some aspects of the game you kind of draw lines between, but, uh, but it's definitely like not a one-to-one replacement for Dark Souls. So whenever I think of Demon Souls or Dark Souls, I think of Draconis, Treyarch's last new IP before they just got like funneled into Call of Duty for 30 billion years. Um, actually kind of their only IP. It's a, it's a spiritual successor to, um, die by the sword of all things on PC. So, so yeah, it was a fun thing. Anyways, the, the real point I wanted to make with the Demon Souls is I, I think what was, sh- I don't know if shocked is the right word, but what surprised me with this is, um, they actually have the two graphics modes, uh, settings for this game. One that focuses on fidelity and one that focused on frame rate. And uh, this is something that kind of cropped up with, like, the PlayStation 4 Pro specifically. Um, you know, you, you have a lot of games that let you choose between what you want to do with the game. Best fidelity, priority, prioritize resolution, prioritize frame rate. 
Um, and I and I kind of thought that this would be something that would go away as we got past these like midterm consoles, um, or like or like you know slight upgrade, slightly upgraded consoles. Uh, but yeah, you know, here it is in in Demon Souls as as a thing where you can choose frame rate or or graphical modes. So I wonder if it's like something that's going to stick around and 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 um and will be an option. I mean, on PC, the option to sit there and kind of tweak everything. So I think it makes sense on console to not you know give people you know the hundred percent set of things to tweak or at least not surface that as the main form to tweak graphical settings. But I do think it's nice that you can give people options. So it's like, hey, this game's you know hits you on the frame rate and you know running at 59 frames per second is going to make me vomit um um you can uh you can switch it so it's like okay this game's running as fast as it possibly can on this platform basically um so so it's not really a a bad thing i just think it's kind of interesting that we're still going to be going forward with this and i wonder if it's a um if this is going to be kind of the standard uh that it's like hey we we made this game look as good as we could for this platform but if you really want to you know have the smoothest experience go ahead and use the lower 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 graphical power mode and and that's also going to be you know just as legit as running the game at the 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 the, the highest visual you know capabilities of the platform so i always personally pr- prioritize frame rate i don't know why i probably shouldn't i probably should do fidelity and then only do frame rate if it bothers me but I don't know. Frame rate just like sounds better because it actually affects gameplay more than uh, than graphics or something like that. So. So, yeah, um, and that's kind of it for the game stuff. I will say about the PlayStation 5's games, I think it's a good ver- Like, I really don't have anything more to say about it that I think nobody else or anybody else hasn't said. It's a good variety of stuff. None of it particularly jumps out at me, but I went into this knowing that it wasn't going to jump out at me. Uh, I don't remember if I mentioned it last week, but Sony really has kind of gotten away what I was pers- personally looking for from in their games. I'd say maybe Freedom Wars and Gravity Rush 2 are kind of the last games that uh, really jumped out at me. Is like, I would play these games, and I played Freedom Wars. Like, Freedom Wars is great. Um, and, and Gravity Rush I never got around to. But Gravity Rush definitely seems like a, a, a title that I'd be interested in. I forget. Was, I think there's like a Gravity Rush 1 and 2 bundle on PS4. I could be wrong about that. I, I, I need to, at some point, buy those games so they can sit on, sit on my shelf for, for 20 years. And then I'll I'll die having never played them. Um, um, so yeah, I really didn't expect a ton out of this, uh, this press conference. I don't really want to directly compare it to Microsoft stuff very much at this point because Microsoft really only showed third party stuff so far. I feel like I came away from Microsoft's press conference a bit more impressed on terms of graphical quality of games. Um, maybe that was partly to do with how Sony streamed this stuff out. I know they were like, Hey, we're only doing, uh, you know, 1080, 60 for, for these trail or 1080, 30 for these trailers, um, so I don't know if Microsoft's, you know, they were doing anything higher than that. So it just kind of left a better impression. Um, but I, I do feel like the third party stuff that Microsoft's announced has typically, typically looked better than the, the PS5 content so far. So I guess the one thing other also to talk about is also the console design. Again, I don't think my, my opinion strays too far from what other people are saying. I think it's great that they went for like a, a newer bold look that doesn't look like just, you know, the black square box that's going to sit under your, your ticket. TV like every console has been since you know the PS2 era essentially um you know obviously the PS3 original PS3 has a bit of more of a sleeker look to it um but uh but I'm glad they they went for something different whether that's a good thing or not I think is kind of an whole other thing I don't I, I know my initial reaction when I looked at that console was like ooh, that is uh that is a something I think everybody had that kind of initial reaction but you know Sometimes those things you just get used to, like the Wii. Remember, remember when the Wii was announced and it was 
a, a nightmare fire on the internet for about 24 hours. And then Reggie got on stage at E3 and was like, we knew how you guys going to react. Like, don't worry. <laughs> like, but this name isn't for you. It's for other people. And hey, the Wii is like super successful. And you people just say it like it's a normal thing now without having to giggle every time. Like, oh, you're playing with your Wii? I remember like that was like for the first two or three years I had the Wii at my um my uh, dad's house when I would go uh, visit him. It was just like every time my stepmom would be like, oh, you're playing with your Wii upstairs? And I'm like, yep, yep, all right. <laughs> like, sure. Uh, so yeah. Anyways, I think it's a, it's a, you know, it's a interesting console design. I don't particularly have anything against it per se. Um, I, I'm glad they tried something. We'll see how it kind of holds out. You know, maybe when they redesign the console, they'll kind of get rid of all the the weird fancy extra bits sticking out of the side of the console with all like the white flaps on the sides and things like that. I know a lot of people have definitely spent a lot of time making fun of the, the console form factor. I mean, the PlayStation three people did that too. If you remember the George Foreman grill PS three memes <laughs> from a long time ago, it definitely seemed like in that, uh, that kind of, uh, uh, conversation happening around the console design uh but we'll see they you know slim systems typically redesign it so i think if you're weren't planning to get a ps5 initially right away anyways um yeah and you're you know split on how the console looks you know eventually there's going to probably be some kind of uh form factor change at least so far sony has done that with basically every playstation console they have ps4 kind of maintained the same look through the majority of the generation though so obviously the ps4 pro has like the double layer on the uh the the um like black bar in between it that kind of sits in the middle um but generally generally the ps4 has kind of remained staying the same overall so yeah, I'm uh, I'm glad we finally got to hear some information about it. Uh, definitely looking forward to Microsoft's event coming up in July. Um, looking forward to hearing what kind of pricing we're, we're seeing. And I'm looking forward to Tokyo Game Show. You know, this seemed like a very Western-focused event, uh, the one happened today. So I'm interested to see um, what, what the Japanese audience or uh, Japanese community or industry is planning for the platform. Because I think that's going to be uh, kind of the stuff that speaks to me a, a bit more um, than, than what was shown off at uh, this event at the moment. And I guess that's kind of it. Thanks for coming. OneControlPort.com is the website. Um, I wish I could give you a lot of updates on anything, but I really, I've been kind of worn out and, and burnt out for a variety of reasons. <laughs> so so hopefully we'll, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get back on track here. Hopefully we got our, our content set up for, for early July. Still working on that stuff, but I've been been having some troubles getting things done so so gonna keep trying to push to do that hopefully hopefully get back on the ball here in a little bit and uh yeah otherwise per usual podcast goes up every monday 9 a.m pacific time uh then there's also the um stream that happens every thursday at 7 p.m pacific time like i said we're playing disaster day of crisis right now but we'll be switching games here soon so just keep an ir out if disaster doesn't interest you maybe we'll be end up playing something soon that that will 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 catch your attention hopefully and that's it thank you again for coming welcome to the website hope you have a great week bye